turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred seven pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K Show. It is Friday. Yeah, well, I thought we had some clever Happy Friday uh, music Friday or tech. It's Saturday, Sunday, what? It's Friday, Sunday, what? It's Friday, Sunday, what? There we go, babies. There we go, because we're going to have some fun tonight. We got lots of great uh, content and stories to bring to you guys tonight. Some are going to be fun and crazy, like the story I'm about to share with y'all. In a moment, uh, some are really serious. The United Auto Workers are striking. Of course, we're always serious, but but lately having a little bit more good news than bad is Bob Walters. We'll be here with his education segment. There was an unmarked white van dropping some people off here on the streets of San Diego this weekend. We're going to get into that a little bit later on this show. Uh-huh. Yeah. Honk if you're seeing some strangers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots to get into on tonight's show. Hey, you can always email me, andreacashow.com, andreacashow.com. Oh, don't forget our podcast. I know. I got to tell y'all, I've, re- I, I, I've received it. I'm, I'm, we are always open to receiving the feedback. I, But please, uh, enough with a hate mail on the podcast. I know we're a few days behind, but right now we're a man down, Okay. So, um, we don't need to be firing anybody here at the station. <laughs> so we promise that we'll get those podcasts up to you guys, uh, up for you guys next week in plenty of time. In the meantime, you can keep the conversation rolling through social media. We are streaming live right now on the answer com. I will be back streaming live on Facebook next week. Look for some announcements on that on the socials this weekend. Follow me on all the socials at Andrea K. We also have a 24 hour hotline. All right, back with me, returning with me tonight, the OG of the vegetable game here as a producer on the AK show. He really needs no introduction. He is orange. He's sweet at times, a little spicy at times. He's DJ Carrot Sticks. Carrot. <laughs> please. Gesundheit. What, what was that? Carrot. That's how they say carrot in Spanish. Carrot. Carrot. Yes. Yeah, it's an interesting Ooh. thing about uh, the Japanese language. It's, it's, cons- it's uh, like phonics. It's not just letters. So you can make any word up, even if it doesn't exist with it in the Japanese language. Like Macadonados. You know what? I'm going to start demanding that next time I'm playing a game of Scrabble with my sister, that we got to do it in Japanese so I can make up my own words. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be sure to win every time. (laughs) There you go. And sorry, everybody out there about the podcast. But yes, they will be up shortly. We should be back uh, next 
Monday or Tuesday back up to speed. Yeah. Thank you for your patience, guys. And seriously, I thank you for caring, right? I love you guys out there that you care enough about the show that you're emailing me, you know, um, you know, a little warm over the fact that we don't have them up. Love you guys so much. I always love it, too, when you call our hotline with tips, ideas, suggestions, guest ideas. Keep those com- uh, those comments rolling. The 24-hour line is 844-814-5227. What a week it has been. I can't believe I'm about to wrap this week with this crazy story brought to you by Gateway Pundit. Um, you know, Gateway Pundit, uh, so many people on the left wants to act like they're the news, the conservative news version of the National Enquirer. Remember, I don't even know. Are those still around, Sticks? Those old, remember the yeah, old tabloids? No. Yeah, the, are, are they, they? they are still there on the end cap okay. there of the uh, grocery store. Okay. You know what? I might have to. I you always do self-checkout. Remember I told you my self-checkout story because yes. I, I, I'm still a cashier at heart from a high school day. So I never. And that's. But it's when you go through the regular checkout line is where typically you see like the old, you know, the old what was called tabloids. Um, the left, but, but actually the tabloids themselves even actually started breaking political news years ago. It was the tabloids that broke the truth about John Edwards and his love child, but uh, it's still considered a smear if you're in journalism. And so I know the left wants to paint paint gateway pundit as, you know, a, a tabloid, but they have been. Uh, uh, what's that? They have been exonerated. They are a. They are just because they're breaking news doesn't mean it's not true. Okay. Uh huh. And speaking of some breaking news, Gateway Pundit has reported today some within I haven't seen anywhere else that and this on the heels of we had. Let me recap the week. We had finally we have Kevin McCarthy coming out announcing an impeachment inquiry which is an investigation on top of the House investigation that's already revealed all kinds of hardcore evidence against Biden and the Biden crime family. A couple days after that, we had the Department of Justice with their sham indictment of Hunter. Um, As if we didn't, and we really don't need any additional evidence against Joe Biden for his crimes and his corruption. However, Gateway Pundit has an article out tonight that there is a possible key witness from Ukraine making some serious allegations. Um, Don't we already have possible witnesses? Quite frankly, Hunter Biden should have already been dragged before Donald Trump's impeachment because Ukraine was at the center of that. The Republican Party failed us at that point. Uh, The head of Burisma should have already been brought in as a witness to this. Every person that was named in the FD-1023 form which documented the FBI whistleblower in relation to the Biden bribery scheme should already be on a witness list. But here's what this new possible witness is saying. Do we can we have a drum roll? Okay then. Okay. This possible witness is saying that Joe Biden tried to have him killed. Hmm. Now, according to Gateway Pundit, I mean, you heard me, that this this possible witness is saying that uh, Joe Biden tried to have him killed. Now, Gateway Pundit is saying that these accusations carry weight because they're coming from none other than Ukraine's former prosecutor, Shokin. 
Now, remember, Shokin is at the heart of the bribery scheme because Shokin is the guy that Joe Biden on video bragged about getting fired after he withheld a billion dollars of aid to Ukraine in order to get Shokin fired. Shokin was the prosecutor investigating Burisma. That threat on video, that that threat that Biden Biden bragged about on video uh, supposedly came getting Shokin fired supposedly came on the heels of Hunter getting his dad involved because Hunter's associates with Burisma and the president over there were saying, hey, you got to get this prosecutor off our backs. And in order to make that happen, uh, supposedly there's documentation showing that uh, Joe and Hunter got a cool $10 million to make that happen. So... um I'm surprised that this isn't getting any other mainstream media coverage, but it's kind of like been a shock and awe, not to mention the fact that this is coming on at the end of a week. I mean, why, you know, the Republican Party's got to get so much, so much better at messaging. This is just, and I get that it's, I get that there's so much it's in the weeds, but this is why you got to be strategic. This is why the Republican Party is, is, is failing in some ways, because the Democrats are strategic. The Democrats were anticipating the impeachment inquiry. And they already had their strategy ready to go. What was their strategy? One of the things that they did was they already had emails set to go to major media outlets telling them, giving them instructions on how they needed to attack the Republicans in response. The Department of Justice, I guarantee you, they already had those indictments against Hunter already ready to go. Because there's just, with the amount of time that it takes to, those were already in the process. And they waited to pull the trigger, waited 48 hours to pull the trigger. Those are nothing but a deflection against what the real Biden crime family was about. It's a, a phony. And, and in fact, this, this, the, the, for all the excitement on the part of the Republican Party today about the Hunter Biden indictments, it, it, the reality is the, the, the main show, I mean, th- this, is, this isn't even an opening act, okay? Sometimes, I used to go to the Day of Rock and Roll in, in the Superdome in New Orleans, and you would have the main act. Like, the main act might be Hart, right? Uh, the act right before Hart, Hart might be John Cougar Mellencamp. In, in fact, that was one of the—I'm remembering the lineup for one of the days. But then there would be, like, two acts before Hart, or two acts maybe even before John Cougar Mellencamp, right? That's what these Hunter Biden gun charges are. They're like they're like the sound check dude to the real crimes taking place. And and that took place under the Obama administration with Joe Biden as the front man on energy policy. In fact, where has the Republican Party's investigation been in relation to what Obama knew and when did he know it? Did Obama know that Joe Biden was using at least four aliases on a government server? With copying uh, copies to Hunter Biden being Hunter Biden being copied in regarding meetings, you mean to tell me that Barack Obama was shocked when Joe Biden bragged on a video? You mean Barack Obama didn't even even before Biden bragged on the video about withholding a billion dollars in aid to Ukraine to get this prosecutor fired? You mean to tell me Obama didn't know when the money was being withheld? Why? Does anybody really believe that Barack Obama bought the, bought the uh, estate in, in Hawaii and the estate in Martha's Vineyard off of book sales from my, my daddy? What was it he wrote about my daddy? Ugh, no, we ain't buying it. 
All right, stay tuned because when we come back, breaking news in the auto workers today. They're officially on strike. What does it mean for the country, for your pocketbook, and what does it mean for the Biden administration? We have Mark Mix will be with us next. He's the president of the National Right to Work Committee. Stay tuned. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. A lot of people have kind of forgotten about a strike that was happening out here on the West Coast involving writers and SAG-AFTRA. But there's another strike that's actually taking place right now. We'll see how long this one lasts. We'll see if it lasts as long as the Hollywood strike is lasting. It doesn't seem like that one's got an end in sight. But we got to take it over to uh, Detroit, apparently, uh, because United Auto Workers is uh, this is the first time that a all three of the big of three big automakers have striked at, at, at the same time. And we've we've kind of been wondering if this was going to happen. It has officially happened. I think Joe Biden is now in the middle of a pickle. Uh, we've actually got joining us tonight, uh, Mark Mix. He's president of the National Right to Work Committee, which has, you know, they got about three million members in their public policy organization. He also serves as president of the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation. And he's here to tell you everything that you need to know about this strike and where it might go and what the resolution might be. Hi, Mark Mix. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Andrea, well, thanks for the opportunity to be on with you. I've heard a lot about you and your show, and uh, so it's good to be on out there on the West Coast. We don't, uh, yes. most people in the West Coast don't pay attention to what we say, but you do, and thank you for that. Well, yeah, I got it. First of all, I'm a, I'm a, I've, I'm a right to white, right uh, um, right to work person. I believe in at will employment. I believe in individual contracts. I believe I, I need to negotiate my own business for myself based upon what I specific, my special talents and abilities are, my work ethic, uh, my unique abilities. And so I was, I, I've never been one uh, to buy into, you know, unions. To me, they've, I've always yeah. viewed them as little communist uh, societies. Um, I get that there was, in my opinion, and I, and I want to lay this out for you because I'm curious to get your response on this and, and unions in general, because Joe Biden made some interesting remarks today. Um, you know, I, I, I know that there was a time um, uh, that we needed unions in, in this country, but I feel like like a lot of things that start with good intentions, uh, it ends up getting abused over time. In fact, um, my dad grew up in the town where they filmed the movie Norma Ray. My grandmother worked in that factory for many years and got black lung and lost her hearing in that textile mm-hmm. mill. So I get all that. But I think we're at the point to where unions are a problem and a push for communism in society. I want to get your response to that before we talk specifically about the UAW. Yeah, well, Andrea, you're right about that. You know, a lot of people often say that there was a place for unionism and for and for unions to grow and to represent people and help workers amplify their voice. What I say, and I grew up in a union household as well. My stepfather was a 42-year, excuse me, 32 member of the International Association of Machinists, was a welder at a factory in Western New York, and so I have a little bit of that uh, of that viewpoint working, you know, in my philosophy about this. So there was a place for unions, there is a place for unions, and there will be a place for unions, but there's no place for compulsion and force. And 
And unfortunately, yes. going back to the Roosevelt administration, unions have tried to go to government. They've gone to government, and there's probably no better example than California, where you know the SEIU brags about how they elect their own bosses and control Sacramento. Well, you know there was a place for unions. There is a place for unions. There will be a place for unions, but there's no place for force and coercion. And they've relied way too much on government power and government privilege, and that's why they're out of touch with the American worker today. So workers, only six percent of the private sector workforce, are in unions today, and there's a reason for that because the radical political views of the top officials of the union drive out and drive away lots of people who would say, yeah, maybe it'd be better if I was in a union to amplify my, amplify my voice, but they don't, they don't care about the shop floor anymore. They, carry about, they care about Sacramento and Washington, D.C., yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's that's why they've done and I'm not a union expert by any means, but that's why they've done things like uh, try to uh, not allow for a private vote. I can't even remember what the what the policy term is for that. Uh, you know, they, they they don't really give a they don't give the union workers a voice in terms of where their money goes politically. Um, let's talk about the UAW, because when I hear some of these demands right now with with the inflation that we've got people, one of the one of the biggest areas where the costs have skyrocketed is with cars and automobiles. And then you add in the fact that we're out here in California, we're paying literally close to $6 a gallon of gas. Yet I'm hearing these United Auto Workers are striking, Mark Mix, because they want it, they want five weeks of vacation. They want a, to be paid for a 40-hour work week and only work 32. They want a 20% increase in wage at the same time of that. And uh, the, I, I got to think that the average Americans looking around and going, you know what, starve. Where can we cross the picket line? Because the rest of us need a job. Yeah, Andrew, you know, you, you mentioned something at the front end that Joe, Joe Biden was in a pickle, and you're right, because it's Joe Biden's policies, and, and actually, Joe Biden had help from Barack Obama back in 2009 when GM and Stellantis, what was Chrysler at the time, went bankrupt, and the taxpayers of the United States bailed them out. In fact, the federal government owned a large portion of those two companies as they kind of reorganized and, and got together because their business model was bad, and they were running a, a poor company, and some of the results of that were the demands that union officials were making. So Obama pushes down this contract on the United Auto Workers Union saying that, you know, you got to give up your cost of living increases because inflation is not a problem and you got to do all this and do all that. And so they did. And we bailed them out, the taxpayers of the United States. But now Joe Biden comes back and, and well, let me just say this. The contract that got in place in 2019 didn't contemplate the Joe Biden inflation that's worked itself into the economy thanks to the spending and the unbelievable over-the-top spending Joe Biden has initiated since he's been in office. You know, inflation when Donald Trump left in the end of 2020, I think, was about 1, 1%, 1.5%, even below 1%, I think. And now we went as high as 8.9% in some places in the country, and we're kind of stabled out at 7.9%. But that all hurts the union members because they're stuck in this five-year contract, and so they can't get any increases thanks to Obama, and then they get inflation thanks to Biden. And so while on one hand, Joe Biden's saying, you know, I'm the most pro-union president in American history, what he really means, Andrea, is he's the most pro-union boss president in American history because his yeah. policies are not working for rank-and-file workers in the country today, that's for sure. Well, here's his explanation, Sticks. If you can pull up the clip of, of Biden's comment today on union workers, uh, and then I want to get Mark's response. I'd like to say a few words about the contract negotiations between the United Auto Workers and the big three auto companies. You know, I've been in touch with both parties over since this began over the last few weeks and over the last the past decade. Auto companies have uh, seen record profits, including the last few years, because of the extraordinary skill and sacrifices of the UAW workers. But those record profits have not been shared fairly, in my view, with those workers. So he's blaming the auto uh, makers. 
Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the last thing that the automakers need, again, is government intervention, which has caused the trouble for them in the past and is causing the trouble for them right now, uh, the auto the auto rank and file workers as well as the auto companies, because inflation is, is out of control. And frankly, you know, I was out in California last week and I saw that $5.95 a gallon uh, price on gasoline. And boy, you know, rate put add three or four percent to the cost of a car, whether it be a used car or a new car, and things still really start to bite. And Anytime the government gets involved in, in trying to manipulate business or organize business and, and the relationship between an individual and, and a supervisor or a boss in that case, bad things happen. We know that. And yet here's Joe Biden talking about it. But to your point again, Andrew, he's in a pickle because he, on one hand, he, he wants to you know, transition to electric vehicles which basically will put, you know, what, I think it's 30% less parts for an electric vehicle, 30% less labor needed to assemble an electric vehicle, and yet he's forcing it down the throats of the Americans and the United Auto Workers Union production people saying we got to be EV by, what, 2032 and eliminate the internal combustion engine, which will dramatically displace auto workers and union members across the country. So on one hand, he's crying out that, you know, somehow the, 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 the assemblers, the automotive companies are not fair, but on the other hand, he's driving a product that, First of all, Americans don't want necessarily right now that are not ready for prime time right now will cost more money right now and probably will put a good 20 to 30 or 40 percent of the United Auto Workers union members out of work if it's fully implemented. Yeah, and if he goes along with these auto workers' demands, uh, these auto workers represent a small percentage of the population. There's a whole lot of people as we go into a primary and presidential election year next year uh, that are really not going to be happy if now cars cars are even much more expensive than they already are right now uh, because he caved in to some auto workers' demands. And, and when it comes to blaming the corporations and their profits, corporations have a right to keep a profit. That's why they're in business. And it's not a corporation's job uh, to fix to fix the problems created by government economically, right? And solve the problem by, you know, going into a deficit. How does that help anybody, by the way, if they go bankrupt? And I've actually known of companies that have literally gone bankrupt and closed their doors because they eventually got bled dry by the unions and were no longer able to operate. So um, there's that aspect as well. Um, Quickly, uh, resolution, how quickly do you think it will be resolved? Well, right now, only three units, one Ford, one GM, and one Stellantis unit are on strike. So those workers are taking it taking it on the chin with strike pay at uh, about a third of what they would make on a weekly basis. The rest of the workers are out there. Hopefully, it's a quick finish and it gets over quickly. But again, the demands on both sides, uh, whether it be the union side or what the automobile uh, manufacturers have, have offered, looks like we could be in for a longer strike. And certainly, the United Auto Workers wants to take advantage of the leverage and the power they think they have, not only with this president, but with a new president of the UAW who's trying to make the rank-and-file workers forget about a tremendously large scandal that went on for years that put two of their past presidents in jail for racketeering and extortion and stealing money and tw- 10 of their other executives in jail. So there's a lot to prove here on both sides, and, uh, and we'll see. But hopefully it ends sooner rather than later. Absolutely. Mark Mix uh, I, from uh, National Right to Work Committee, thank you for being here tonight. How can people get more information about your organizations? Yeah, they can get information on that amazing internet at www.nrtw.org, nrtw.org. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. And you guys stay tuned because coming up, we've got Bob Walters. We'll be here with his weekly education wrap-up. We're going to be starting with some good news. How about that for a Friday fun day? Don't go away.
politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show, Friday night edition. We're going to have some fun. I've got some great stories coming up to share with you guys later on in the show. But now, y'all know what it means. It's appointment radio. Bob Walters is in the house. Actually, he's on the, he, he's up based in Orange County. But he's in the AK show house, and he joins us hopefully with some good news to kick off uh, his segments this week. What you got for us, Bob? Yeah, I got some good news. Um, teachers slam equitable grading, claiming that some students barely come to class, and to give them 50% grade when they don't even turn in their homework is wrong and will set them for failure in future life. This is a program pushed by the teachers union nationwide, equitable grading. Anyway. Um, so, 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 so the equitable grading is if you are of a certain skin color, you don't have to come to class. Well, then you say, can, then you have to say skin color. If you don't come to class, you still get 50% on your test, even though you didn't turn in the test. Oh, so it's like a, a golf handicap. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, so you get 50 per- it, Go ahead. The good news is teachers in Fairfax schools in Virginia can now give a zero to those students who fail to turn in their papers. However, 50% remains in place for those who turn in what amounts to terrible papers and uh, rather than give an F. So, you know what? I'm glad you reported on this. It is good news in the sense that we've regained some ground, taking it back from the equity nonsense that was going on where it used to be 50, you know, get 50% just for showing up. These kids were getting 50% without even showing up. Um, So, and now they've gone back to, yeah, you get a fail if you don't show up. Um, So it's good news in that sense, but it just still highlights the insanity of what's going on in our schools, doesn't it? It's a long way to go. There's still a long yes, way to go. Yes, definitely a way to go. Okay, Governor Youngkin in Virginia has announced a new focus in the schools for history, social studies, and reading. This follows the latest test scores, which showed one half of the students in his state, third to eighth grade, have failed their reading test. Wow. And two-thirds are failing their math exam. That's bad news, but it's good that he's begun to focus on history, social studies, and reading, and not gender ideology and other side things that have nothing to do with math and history and and education. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I'm going to see this as good news, bad news story. I, I like that, you know, there's an announcement that this Republican governor is going to be focusing on academic issues. But Youngkin's been governor for a little while now. He actually won on the basis of schools. That's yeah, what made this bi- former businessman decide he wanted to run for office was what was going on in the schools. And, you know, remember that the parent that was arrested because his daughter had been raped in a bathroom by, you know, a boy who claimed that he was a girl. And so the and so the, why was they're not an immediate if the focus that he ran on was that we got to get this insanity woke crap out of our schools wouldn't that have automatically needed and required in order to do that a focus on academics well i agree with you it's good news now but it's bad news it didn't happen two years ago exactly when you you got elected yeah i agree good point yeah okay a coalition of concerned parents here in california have introduced three initiatives for the ballot coming up. One would forbid transgender men from competing with women. Another would demand that schools advise parents when they sense a child is going to gender transition. And a third would forbid the use of puberty blockers and banned surgeries of any type for minors in the state of California. Now, 
546,000 signatures are needed starting next month. And they got 180 days to get them to then put it on the November ballot next year. So I urge everybody who'd like to get involved with this to look up Protect Kids California. That's the web page where the volunteers can sign up, get, get their petitions, and get some direction of what to do. You know, uh, this sh- this is such an outrage of what's going on in our schools, and in particularly the drive to transition children, that they should have already gotten 5 million signatures. It shouldn't be hard to get 546,000 signa- 546, signatures to protect children. It really shouldn't well, need not. it. Yeah. Hopefully it's not going to take – and my point is hopefully it's not going to take long for them to, to um, get the signatures they need. We just got to bring some focus to it. So thank you, Bob, because you're the only one talking about it as usual, <laughs> and it's Protect Kids California. Bob, you always – every week right. it's at least two or three stories that nobody, literally nobody else in the media is talking about. I do a lot this of research, one of them. Too. <laughs> well, yeah, I know you do. I know you do. And I feel bad that we you never get to all of it every week because we can't. There's just so much happening in the battle for the future of this country as it, it through children. So thank you for, for all you do. It's all right. Happy to do it. All right. Yeah. Doctors are now suing mandatory training, which is claiming that white individuals are naturally racist. Apparently, the mandatory training done for doctors every two years requires that this side training and confession has to exist with every doctor who's going through this training, which is crazy. That is crazy. I wonder if the training is, is this kind of training is going on at UCSD Medical Center. I believe it is where I worked for 10 years to help train doctors. And we were, we were training them on things like how to take a blood pressure, right? Uh, yeah. not on anything. There was never anything related to this diversity, equity nonsense going on because, quite frankly, uh, the blood pressure cuff doesn't care what your skin color is. You're right. It's insane. Oh, what a mess. Anyway, okay. Now, the Catholic in Archdiocese in Cleveland has instituted a policy forbidding LGBT identity and expressions at its 79 elementary schools and five high schools. It's in Cleveland, Ohio. That's good news. Good. It's great I'll tell news. You what kind, of, kind of goes with this. It's going to be bad news, but I'll tie it in together. 75 Catholic schools have shut down nationwide with focus in Philadelphia, Boston, and Cincinnati. The reasons range from decline in enrollment, which is true, and a basic shift that sees many schools embracing LGBT and other ideologies, which shock parents who are paying for the tuition. So <laughs> Cleveland stood, stood out and, and put a stop to it. There wouldn't be any variation, even though the Pope is kind of kind of moving in the direction of allowing LGBT training and discussion in the schools, which is kind of surprising. Well, he is maybe maybe the exodus of the Catholic schools as they've been turned, you know, woke has caused a pinch in the pocketbooks of the Catholic Church. And so maybe that's why they've decided, uh, you know, to ban this, uh, you know, forbidding the OBGT stuff. So that's good news. Yep, it is. Okay, Clark County School District alleges a coordinated union campaigner for teachers' absences in the bitter contract battle has forced school closures and class disruption in a state where it is illegal for public employees to strike. This is in Nevada, and the okay. teachers have been screaming and demanding and, and on their own not showing up to class, which is causing disruption and school closure. They're now seeking a court order to stop it. Well, good, they, they should, should because, yeah, you know, they— 
Yeah. 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 They're, I mean, they're literally breaking the law. Throw some cuffs on these people and drag them into jail. That's what I say. <laughs> I agree. Even voters in blue states, this is an interesting thing, oppose transgender um, philosophy. In New Jersey, a very blue state, 64% oppose men and women's sports and bathrooms. 75% oppose gender identity being taught to elementary students. And 77% think schools would advise parents of a kid's of gender tendencies and that schools should be made to do it. All this according to a man-mouth poll that was taken last month. Wow. You're not going to see that on the legacy media in hardcore blue New Jersey. 77% of the, of the residents don't want this crap taught to their kids. That's great. Wow. And don't want boys and girls bathrooms. And let me tell you, if that's the, if that's the poll numbers in hardcore blue, New Jersey, I got to think that it's even higher than in the rest of the purple states. And with, when you, when you add in the purple states and the red states everywhere, we are not, I'm so glad you reported on this, Bob, because the left wants to make us think that we're the fringe, that we're haters. We want kids to kill themselves if we don't, you know, allow them to quote, affirm their gender. And it's all nonsense. And the American people need to realize don't that you should stop letting anybody bully you. You're not alone. In fact, we are far in the majority. This is a good time to take a break on that positive note. When we come back, we're going to get crazy with Bob talking about the college crazies. Don't go away. We'll be right, right. back. Dress or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. I'm liking that bumper song, Sticks. It's got a little country feel to it. Yeah, yeehaw. Yeehaw. Ready for the hoedown? You ready for the hoedown? You ever wear you some cowboy boots when you're riding on your 13 foot long Bicycle? cycle? No, I, I, I only owned cowboy boots when I was a little boy. I had some red cowboy boots, they were like my Superman boots. <laughs> I dare you to go find you some red cowboy boots and take a picture. I bet your mother and your dad would absolutely get a kick of seeing grown man carrot sticks rocking some red cowboy boots. Well, hey, Bob I, Walter, go ahead. Said, well, I won't finish the ensemble because the rest was Superman underoos, a t shirt, <laughs> and uh, my mom's red towel, <laughs> towel as a cape. <laughs> You are a nominee of Hero of the Week for giving me that visual, my man. Hey, Bob Walters, do you have any cowboy boots? I do. Would you like a pair? I got size nine. No, that they be they be too big big for. Are, are they, they ostrich? Red? They are ostrich. Yeah. <laughs> you I'm know what? Them. I could I'm so see. That's what the cool. That's what the cool cats. In Texas and beyond, <laughs> they wear the ostrich boots. Okay, they don't. Yeah. They're not wearing any red, uh, like Superman cowboy boots. Thank you for giving me that laugh stick. No, Bob Walters has got too much class for that. Let's get into some college crazies, Bob. All right. University of San Diego student government pushed to have a conservative speaker canceled. This after they made a a speech last week, last month, that they were going to support free speech in the future on the campus. But they decided that anyone talking on issues not aligned with the student government would be forbidden. Matt Walsh, who was coming to speak on what is a woman, at the request of the young Republicans on campus, was canceled because it was considered rude and obnoxious to discuss what is a woman. 
You gotta be kidding. Now this was at USD. <laughs> this was at USD. Yeah. USD yeah, is cool. a Catholic. USD is a Catholic uh, university. By the way, yeah. and it's it's, yeah. it's 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 immoral to talk about what is a woman. Oh God. Wow. Yeah. That is crazy. Woman. Yeah. There's a white woman pretending to be an American Indian who got the job she wanted at the college uh, because she was, quote, American Indian, but after some months resigned when 13 faculty members said she was a fraud. Ironically, Andrea Smith, this woman, once criticized white feminists who falsely claimed to be American Indian, and now she did it herself. But she's she's fired. She's gone. Oh, <laughs> She, she did, so she, she got hoisted on her, she got hoisted on her own hypocritical petard, right? Because so yeah. she was white, claiming to be American Indian after she had criticized people for pretending to be American Indian. Right, and, gotcha. and here's the gotcha. college, the university that says they don't discriminate, and yet they do. Otherwise, why would they care if you're American Indian or not? Absolutely, good point. I didn't even think about that. Oh, and by the way, this woman's named Andrea. She needs to go and like change her name immediately because I'm just not I'm not digging on that, Andrea. All right. Okay. This past year, the Defense Department, this is kind of shocking, spent $41.6 million for Viagra pills for its men while claiming there's no discrimination or sexual activity pushed by the Army or the Navy. <laughs> Military is now an option to college for young men, but... Can you imagine $41 million for Viagra pills last year alone? That's aside from $28 million for abortions, also between for the Navy and the Army. you got to be kidding. Viagra pills? And you know what? The average age of the military is young. I, you know, this. There's yeah. some, some, we could do an entire show on this issue. But the average age, I heard Pastor Miles McPherson from the Rock Church uh, last year or so gave a stat that shocked me. And it was like the average age of a Viagra user is now 20-something years old. And it's because, the, oh, it, it, it's because of the, ex- <laughs> the exposure <laughs> to pornography. And oh, that it just, you geez. know, it just the overexposure to pornography and young boys like kids and teenage years, by the time they get in their 20s or whatever, they just they can't have normal sex with with a female. And so that's, you know, so now uh, and and so I'm wondering how many of, uh, you know, the West Point, Annapolis, all our military institutions, all these kids are getting the Viagra. It makes you wonder. It does. And and here there's 14,000 women, female women who had to have an abortion last year. You got to be kidding. Yeah. The military so let's give the, all this money and this time. Jeez. Well, good, good point. Because what they're doing is they're pumping the, the, the men with Viagra and then they're roaming around looking for some play and they find some play and then, Oh, okay. So now we've got, you know, a cadet or somebody pregnant. We just got to have the taxpayer solve that problem. Yeah. We pay for killing it. the baby. Yeah. That's what's uh, going on. Crazy. All right. Seeing the college debt impact on the millennials and reading that many jobs and companies, including state of California, no longer requires college degrees, but prefer those with some actual experience in the job. There's now been an 8% decrease in gender G, uh, gender Z kids wanting to go to college. I believe that's to be true. I think it's good because, uh, you know, we've talked about this many times. 
In fact, the first book you wrote when I met you was about um, the the issue in taking shop classes and other stuff, you know, trade yeah. school classes and pushing kids into this college pipeline, which was nothing about more than just pushing them into indoctrination centers and colleges and universities. And then we get stuck with, you know, taxpayers having to pay off this student loans. So I'm glad Gen Z kids are wising up to the reality. Not everybody's meant to go to college and you can get a great gig without all that debt. I agree, and I'm glad they're beginning to drift that direction. It's yep. good. Okay, despite the Supreme Court's ruling that race-preferred admissions are not to be permitted at colleges and universities, many have now revealed that they are intending to continue considering race for admission, but more subtly than before. So they're secretly going to do it. Well, not yeah, I, I wonder how su- – yeah, well, you know, they thought they were subtle with the Asian students up at Harvard. We'll see, and they got busted for that. We'll see how they, how they try to do it subtly going forward and if they get away with it. Yeah, she's crazy. Mm-hmm. All right, here, yep. here's some bad news. you got to have some bad news at the end of your show. A Marxist <laughs> teacher in Colorado... <laughs> Sorry. A Marxist teacher in Colorado who called for forceful cultural revolution against whiteness has now been elected to the state government. Tim Hernandez is a racist Marxist, but it's, it's, good, and it's good that he's no longer a teacher, but imagine how he could have got that job to start with at the university. Oh, Amazing. wow. Yeah. That's almost wor- that's almost worse than me hearing the other day. I forgot to tell you about it. I don't know if you heard about it. There's some school principal, uh, somebody who just got promoted to be school principal who's a drag queen. I heard that. Yeah, I don't have the article. Yeah, that. yeah, crazy. Well, well, they're using drag queens to try to entice young men to mm-hmm. join the military. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Why they, that's why they can't get they can't fill their ranks. Yeah. Uh, okay, Missouri adopts a four day work week to attach. The teacher shortage. So much for getting the kids a good education. The report says 900 school districts in the nation are now considering similar action. Four-day schools, not five-day. Well, that would be fine if they actually were educating the kids in the four days. You know, maybe taking out... Um, you know, recess or, you know, taking out, you know, just being more focused in the day, maybe getting rid of some nonsense stuff because, you know, a lot of the school day is wasted anyway, yeah. but we know that that's not what's going on. Well, we can, we'll check the results as we move down yeah. some weeks down the road yeah. and see if there's any increase in the performance. Yeah. All right. Riverside School Board has now ruled that no parent should be notified when a teacher sees a child is drifting to transgender or using wrong pronouns. Wow. I'm surprised Riverside. Now, is, okay, and so are they saying that you can't notify or they're just not going to notify and pretend that they don't see it? You are cannot instruct- notify parents. Wow. And Riverside, in the inland area, for those of you who aren't in Southern California, that's one of our more conservative areas. It's yeah, east it is. of it's, it's east of L.A. Yeah. It's north of, um, uh, well, it's east of L.A., people, directly east. That's, that's crazy. we got about <laughs> a minute left, Bob. Let's talk about We the Kids. Okay. We the Kids, great organization. It'll help you train your kids after school or even while they're home in, in the evening to, to have pride in America and learn about the Constitution and what our country is about and how it was founded and what its real purpose in life is in this, in this world. And they have books and materials, great, that you can get for free, but you can also make a donation to them, which they do need. They're always short of money. WeTheKids.us. Please look them up and get involved. They need the help. And you yes, need the help the- for your kids. Yeah, and by the way, 
we ha- we talked at the last hour. We're, we're behind in getting some podcasts up. The podcast with We the Kids from our August 11th show is up. And you can hear from the kids themselves how much this means to them, how inspired they've been to, to go into careers like journalism, what they love about this country. You can actually hear the results because there's a lot of organizations out there that are looking for your time, your attention, and your money. And you don't really know if it ma- makes any difference to anybody. Well, go listen to that August 11th show and hear from the kids kids themselves and you are not going to be able to stop yourself from getting involved with this organization and helping them out bob walters we love you thanks for being here have a wonderful weekend you too babe bye-bye thank you bye now and you guys stick around we're going to take just a little tiny break